Hello again, folks, to two dudes, not two dudes. It's only two dudes with some balls today because it's just me and bets by Ross. You get a day, Jordan Ross. What's good? How are we doing on this Monday? I'm doing well. I'm happy baseball's back. Have day games pretty much every day again. Uh, so if you work from home and you want to throw on a game during a break or just even while you're working, it's kind of nice to just have baseball back and be able to watch all the games. Baseball being back is a morale booster for everyone. A part of this podcast, whether you're recording it, me, you, and Booth, or just listening to it, I imagine so. Uh, two dudes with some balls. It is still called dudes with some balls. I called it two dudes with some balls as a joke reference because it is just me and Jordan. Booth's a busy man working today or something. He told us why he couldn't be here. I forgot already. But that's all right. We uh, He's like an every other week guy now, and I kind of – it's in and out. But he's here when he's here, and he has the best voice on radio, in our opinion. So – He's got a smooth voice if you ever listen to him talk, which you do if you listen to this podcast. But anyways, let's let's conduct this first little weekend of baseball, the first series kind of wrapping up. And I just want to talk about to our viewers about what we liked, what we didn't like, who we liked, who we didn't like, maybe. Uh, I, I try to keep things more on the positive end. So let's just uh, let's start the room. You looked at all the teams. You followed some games, whether you watched them or just stat watch. What team were you really feeling a good good start off, you know, through the first three or four games? So, I mean, there's a couple things that I want to touch base on. I think the first thing um, that I do want to touch base on, it's not particular a team, and it gets so easy to overreact the Monday after opening weekend. But um, I want to talk about the Wild Wild West being sure. the NL West with uh, Colorado winning two out of three against the Dodgers at home. Um, like I said, doesn't really mean a whole lot, but it's obviously not the start that the Dodgers would have would have liked on the road to start the year. Uh and then you also have the Padres, I believe, splitting with the Diamondbacks, who most people are not very high on the Diamondbacks this year. The farm systems being basically rebuilt. They're a pretty young team. Um, so the Padres off to a slow start. And then even with uh, the Giants splitting, I believe, with the Marlins on the weekend set. So it's going to be an interesting series or it's going to be an interesting series this week with the Giants and the Padres um, playing, a, playing a series together. But uh, one, that was just one of the leagues or divisions, I guess you would say that I, I was kind of paying attention to. And um, they're pretty even after one weekend. And, you know, some of the top teams you expect to get off that hot start didn't necessarily do that. Yeah, I agree, especially with the Dodgers, per se. I believe it's like the first series. I could be totally wrong because I briefly read it a couple of days ago that it's like the first series the Rockies won in L.A. And since like 2018 or something like that, which is or, I mean, against L.A., sorry, not in L.A., it was at Coors. But uh, the Padres did win three or four against the Diamondbacks, but it two of the four were very close games. But the, the thing, I thought you were going to be a little more positive about the Padres because they had a couple no-hit bids going late in the game, so their pitching did well. But, again, like you said, uh, against the Diamondbacks team that's not poised, I think they're projected maybe the worst record in baseball this year. So, uh, not bad. I did – uh, Carlos Rendon did a great job in his debut for the Giants, and that is something to look out for because I'm still a little on the fence about the Giants. I don't think anybody sees them being a 107-win team again, but I do see a competitive NL West yet again. But how long can the Rockies ride? I don't know. They're playing Texas right now. And that's something I wanted to note on. My teams that like kind of concerned me week one, weekend one, was easily the Texas Rangers, but – 
at the same time, their counterpart who they were playing that weekend kind of concerned me a little bit too in the Toronto Blue Jays. We go to opening night, I guess Friday, so second opening day where the other teams are playing. The Blue Jays, me and you watched this game together, had a seven-run deficit they were facing. The Rangers were up 7-0. Rangers came out hot slugging. And this was the concern for a lot of people with the Rangers is that they are going to be able to score a significant amount of runs, and then they have no pitching to withhold a comeback, withstand any sort of firepower back. And that's exactly what happened with the Blue Jays coming back and taking that game on their first game of the year. And then the Rangers, after a close game on Saturday, a 4-3 loss, they come back down five runs on Sunday and the offense shows out. And the Blue Jays thing, they have a good, a fairly good starting rotation, but the bullpen has been the only real question for the Blue Jays. And it showed that, uh, you know, six runs in the fourth inning for the Rangers in that game to ultimately win 12 to six is a little bit of concern, but obviously there's going to be, you know, a few speed bumps along the way to a good season. So a little concerning on both ends, but I'd mainly say Texas. I could see this happening more to Texas than it's more of a fluke for Toronto. Yeah. And we, we preface that on like the beginning of the season with our concerns with the Rangers bullpen and just even arms in general. And then, I think it's just kind of like made the perfect storm of they didn't have a, they don't have a great bullpen. They can't, they don't really have starters that can give them length for the Rangers and just how deadly that Blue Jays lineup is. I mean, it was seven, nothing. And I think it was seven, seven by the fifth. And that's how quickly they were back in that game. Um, One of the teams I wanted to touch base on that I had some concern with over the weekend was my NL central pick to win the division, which was the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they had, they came out and lost opening day to the Chicago Cubs with reigning Cy Young and my future pick to win Cy Young, Corbin Burns on the Hill. They came out the next game who I thought they had a lot better starter and Woodruff throwing the next day. They had to, I believe they lost like nine to nothing or something like that. So they weren't really competitive in that game either. Um, so I do have quite a bit of concern for the Brewers, um, uh, being able to put runs together to compete, um, in the long run. But like I said, it's opening weekend. That was one of the teams I was concerned with. One of the teams I was impressed with, actually, was your Mariners. Uh, I thought Robbie Ray threw a gym on opening day. Um, I think they're going to be able to have consistent, like, bats in that lineup to be really competitive. You know, the Astros look really good this weekend, too, so I don't know if I'm – and obviously, like I said, one weekend or one weekend in, I'm not going to go hop on the train and jump on your bandwagon with the Mariners, but (laughs) – they did look very good this weekend, uh, and that they were playing a very good, you know, Minnesota lineup with Rochella, Correa, Gary Sanchez coming over now. Byron Buxton had an absolute weekend, but, yeah, I was impressed with the Mariners. I have all my notes because game four hasn't even started yet in that series finale that starts to stay, but I have in my notes that Byron Buxton rakes three home runs already, uh, and they're not even, like, wall scrapers or maybe they're, they're like, no-doubter freaking moonshots. And he got MVP chance in Minnesota, supposedly. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he was on pace for something like that last year before he got hurt. He was definitely in contention. He is awesome. So I love Byron. But despite seeing the Mariners lose a game yesterday, 10 to four, uh, Byron Buxton's freaking cool. And he's good for the game of baseball. Uh, To go at you and compliment you, I was going to make this team my team of the week, but then I saw – Something that kind of leaned to me, but the Astros, I was going to give the Astros all the praise. Uh, Alex Bregman winning player of the week, rightfully deserved question mark. Kind of, I would say yes, two home runs, six RBIs, 429 batting average. I mean, what more can you ask from the dude? 
uh, tremendous player off to a tremendous start. But I, I mean, I was maybe leaning towards Stephen Kwan just because of the amazing start he had. He's going to win Rookie of the Month already, and we're in opening weekend with his 800 uh, slashing line, 857, and then 1.857. You're just not going to see that. That's just getting off to the hottest start ever. But all respect to Bregman, I think he deserved it. But the thing that I would take away from the biggest standout from the Astros is Jeremy Pena. I mean, just showing out opening weekend, the huge spot. It's almost like you know Matt Olson did a great job in Atlanta filling in and trying to become that fan favorite already going yard for the Braves, but he had a big position to fill with Freddie Freeman. But I look at Jeremy Pena. I mean, all eyes are on him. That is a, uh, that's a rookie. Matt Olson's at least been in the league for a couple of years and uh, he did a great job hitting 375, getting on base 412. Uh, he got his first bomb, I believe. Right. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that, that's scary. It's got to, if you're not an Astros fan, that's got to scare you because that is a, if they, if he replaces like that, they already got their next shortstop for the next five, six years. Yeah, I mean, he did He did look very good this weekend. Obviously, his biggest praise is his glove. Uh, to put it together with the bat early is promising, but I think with most rookies, what you have to look at is after the first month, teams are going to figure out how they start pitching him, so it'll be up to his, him and his coaching staff to help him make adjustments because you see it all the time with rookies that come in and get off to a hot start, and then they just slump so bad, so... Yeah. Obviously, as an Astros fan, I hope not to see that, but the league will catch up to him a little bit, and uh, he's just going to have to be able to make the adjustments. Uh, it looks like he can. I mean, through three, you know, it's an overreaction maybe, but through three or, four, three or four games, very impressive start. And another rookie that's, you know, off to a very impressive start, maybe could have touched on him when you talked about the Brewers, but like you and Booth said with your pick and the uh, national favorite pick on this one, Seiya Suzuki had a good weekend himself. I mean, uh, 375 picked up his first home run as well. He was on base a lot. Uh, what I got 538 OBP for the first weekend. He saw a lot of pitches. I think it was like 57 pitches throughout all his at bats this weekend. Uh, that's the thing I liked about him when I started watching him a little bit. That's why I picked him on my fantasy team and I got a lot of suitors trying to trade me for him already, but he is a, a, a great eye. And I, again, the game's probably going to catch up to him a little bit and scouting reports start to get developed, but the ability to take pitches, take close pitches. He's swinging at his pitch, which is something I really like. And remind you, the last time there was a Suzuki right fielder making his, you know, rookie season, he had a really good rookie season back in 01. So uh, if you want to look up those stats, that's the reason why I'm big on Suzuki there. Joey Bart, the Giants, my pick to win rookie of the year, hit a bomb in his first game. Love it. Uh, some exciting prospects doing some great things. Bobby Witt Jr., obviously. Julio picked up his first hit. Spencer Torkelson has been watched closely. There's been a lot of uh, C.J. Abrams has made some plays. There's been some really good, really good rookie play so far. Absolutely. I say we just jump right into some of our like AONL picks of the week. Uh, I could actually start us off. So I'll go with my AL pitcher of the week. I did I have a couple guys I want to touch on. I really did like Robbie Ray uh, in his first outing, seven innings, one run, five Ks. Another guy I want to touch base on, and I don't want to make this like a Mariners Astros podcast, right? You're going to say Verlander. But, uh, no, Verlander is the, was the only one to get an L this weekend so far. But Fromber, Fromber Valdez opening night, like showing up, up against uh, Shohei Otani. He, had, he went six and two thirds, zero runs, two hits, and six Ks. Both those hits were dinky little ground balls that snuck through the infield, too. So he was, and that Angels lineup is super top heavy, but one through four or one through five in that lineup is scary. And to get them out two to three times um, without giving up a run, is going to be impressive. So, uh, I mean, you look at Otani, Trout, Walsh had a great weekend. Uh, Rendon 
you know, they have some guys in that in that lineup that can hit and to shut them down the way he did was I was very impressed with. That totally, totally a good pick. I was I watched that whole game myself and loved the way he pitched against an Angels lineup that should be deeper this year. So really impressive to him. Hats off as well. I gotta go with my AL pitcher. I could easily make a case for that too. This is <laughs> this is kind of a funny one, but I'm gonna go with Brad Keller. Had a really good weekend in a start on Saturday for the Royals that ended up, I believe, going into extra innings, but he pitched six innings, uh, picked up, you know, five Ks in the process, which isn't like insane, but it's still really good. Just shy of a K per inning as a guy who's not their opening day starter anymore, but they're number two behind, uh, uh, God, what's your guy's name? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Zach Granke. Thank you. Sorry about that world. Zach Granke, given the start on opening day, he comes out Saturday, does a really good job, only gives up two hits or six innings. I really like the way he pitched. Something that goes unnoticed, but it was something I picked up uh, for an AL pitcher of the, of the weekend. That's just kind of an under-the-radar name that surprised me a little bit. Um, NL pitcher, got to give the St. Louis people some love. The man at 41 years old, Adam Wainwright, had a great start to start opening day with six innings, six punch-outs, and scoreless, and just looking, you know, the question mark for me with him this year was he kind of had an outlier year potentially last year as he's getting older, you know, he's always been consistent, still been good, but he had a really good year last year for being how old he is. And then it's like, can he do it again? Or was it just one of those like freak of the moment, freak of the year kind of things. And so far so good for him and the Cardinals. So good for Adam Wainwright. It's a good pick. I'm going to go back out West and I know I've kind of slandered this team, but he did have a very good weekend this weekend uh, with Sean Manaya. The Padres, mm-hmm. his first start with the Padres, seven innings, seven Ks, no runs. Against a, a Diamondbacks team, like you said, is projected to be the worst team in baseball potentially, but that's the kind of start you need. And he wasn't traded but, what, a couple weeks ago, so he hasn't really had much time in any time in camp. Not very many live ABs from my understanding, so for him to come in and shove the way he did. Another guy that I actually didn't watch this game, but it had some pretty good numbers for opening day. Kyle Gibson, seven innings, 10 Ks for the Phillies. Um, so that's another guy to keep an eye out for. Absolutely gross. And he has been a name that's been flirted with the past couple of years about like, oh, he could be really legit. So maybe this is his year. And I really like that Phillies team a lot. So I definitely plan to watch a lot of their games this year. And just with the lineup that it is, especially the outfield trio of Schwarber, Harper, and Castellanos, even though one of them is, a, you know, going to be a DH. But at the end of the day, that's fantastic picks. Let's go to the hitters. I know I touched on Bregman. I think he rightfully deserved the, you know, AL hitter of the week. One other name I got to note, we talked about it, how he impacts the lineup is going to be a big factor into this team's success. And that is Wander Franco going six for 11 this weekend at the plate against the Orioles. Uh, doing his job, exactly doing his job, what you want to see. He had a great end to the last year and he had a tremendous start to this season. So with that being said, he could easily you know, help the Rays get back to 90 plus wins this year. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I know you touched on Bregman a little bit talking about the home runs 429 to start this, uh, to start the season six RBIs. He only played. So he had four, he played in all four games. The third game when Berlander threw on Saturday, he had the day off. So he actually got a pinch hit late. Uh, so really those numbers off six RBIs are basically in three games at, at bat. So that was impressive to me. And the other stat that you had mentioned, Stephen Kwan to start the year, um, reaching base 15 times in his first four, four games of the season. So that was, a, that was one of the stats that it kind of threw me off. Uh, but obviously a hot start for him and that guardians team, it's kind of crazy to get shut out and then come back and respond with 17 runs the very next day against a division opponent that's pretty 
impressive. So he's off to a hot start. Hopefully he can be kind of a catalyst in that lineup and Jose Ramirez will click as well. We go over to the NL. Um, I don't think this one's really up for debate. I would say Nolan Arenado, clearly the best weekend I thought out of the NL. Two homers, seven RBIs, 500 batting average. Um, and I'll let you touch on him and maybe another guy as well. But you did bring up Matt Olson earlier. Uh-huh. And he, he had a pretty good opening weekend, hitting 571. The only thing that concerns me with hitting 571 and eight hits, basically, because he had 14 at-bats, one home run, one RBI. So the Braves are going to have to find a way to get guys on base for him so that he's driving those guys in. Because with him hitting that high of average and only having one RBI through the weekend, is that's honestly astounding. Especially where he's going to be batting in the lineup, too. I looked at that, too. I was going to mention him as well because, um, obviously, the home run's impressive and just how a great start for him. Obviously, Nolan Arenado, correct, hands down the best hitter in the NL this weekend in terms of the extra stats, not just the average, the RBIs, the home runs. Um, another guy that I looked at, and you probably can see him, too, is Mark Canna had a really good weekend in New York. 700 batting average, but, again, the thing you kind of just brought up, only two RBIs. New York had a good weekend. Uh, I think they played Washington. Yeah, so it's not like – Again, there was a lot of teams I looked at that I wanted to be like, oh, this team had a really good weekend and they're a team that might be a playoff team. And then I looked at the teams they played and I'm like, dang it, I can't really put them, you know, as my team of the week. Like that was the thing with the Astros. I know the Angels are a fringe playoff team and they're someone that I said could make a wild card spot. But I just didn't, I wasn't impressed with the team they played, you know, a Syndergaard good outing for him. But other than that, I, nothing really stood out for the Angels other than, Mike Trout plays the game with 110%, you know, intensity. So my, if we want to go here, unless you have anyone else, I my team of the week, maybe a surprise, maybe not. I think the Yankees were the team of the week for me. Three really good games with Boston. Obviously, those games are going to be dramatized because it's that rivalry, it's the best rivalry in baseball. And to win two of three, I think if you could go either way, unless they're a blowout, this was probably going to be the team of the week no matter what. But some stuff that stood out to me was – you know, Stanton had two bombs, really good start for him. Usually at this start of the season, we're looking at Stanton like he's lost at the plate. So it's good to see him come out there and be productive out the gate. I know one of his home runs probably, no, one of his home runs wouldn't have gone out at any other park in baseball, but to be fair, two home runs is two home runs. Take it any way you can get it. And then Anthony Rizzo had six RBIs and two bombs himself. So him coming back, there's big for them. You know, how big was it going to be? How big is it still going to be? We don't fully know, but for him to get six runs driven in on opening weekend against the Red Sox, great start, especially because those two teams are projected to be playoff mixed teams again and fight for the top of the AL East with the Blue Jays and the Rays. And then what really stood out for me for the Yankees was the pitching. I mean, none of the starters went deep, but they all gave, you know, gutsy performances and the bullpen did a great job. One thing I saw collectively, they had 31 strikeouts on the weekend. They punched out 31 Red Sox hitters through three games. That's a pretty high number. That's a really good number, especially against that offense. And then Luis Severino, you know, someone that is a question mark potentially coming in this year because of just his health status. He went, what I got here, three, only three innings, but he had five Ks, two earned, so what? But five Ks, no walks. I think that's a really good start for him to come back and fill into his role back with New York. So for those reasons alone, I got New York as my team of the week this week. Yeah, that's that's a good pick, especially against obviously a better rival to come out and put up those numbers opening weekend. Obviously with Stanton, I feel like we've seen this before. So I mean, as Yankees fans, I'm sure you, all you can really pray for with him is that he stays healthy, he can stay hot, you know, because when he's hot, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. But when he gets cold, there those droughts can be long and very cold. Um, totally. 
I have a couple different routes I could go with my team of the week. One team that I don't want to say surprised me, and maybe I maybe my stock's too high for the for the Giants this year, but the Marlins going out west, making that long coast to coast travel, winning I believe two out of four on the road. One of the losses was in extras with the runner on starting on second base, so. They actually looked pretty competitive opening weekend. They were able to match pitching. They were able to hit home runs. They were able to to, to drive guys in. They were uh, I thought they were pretty impressive um, coming out the gates. And then the Chicago Cubs beating up on the on the Brewers. That's that's an impressive start to the week. And you've touched base on it how young that team is. Um, I think looking at you know in the next year or two they can add a couple more pieces. Obviously with Stroman coming in, they're not, they're always going to be a decent little spot for free agency as well. Um, I could see them, you know, building something for the future, even if it's just after one weekend. I agree. I think when the Cubs trade all those players, everyone's like, whoa, what's going on last July? Uh, they're going into a complete rebuild. This is a, a rebuild that's going to take forever and ever and ever again, 108 years till we win our next World Series. Unless you were a Cubs fan, you weren't thinking that. I think you saw the, the pieces they were kind of getting and then the pieces they already had that they were slowly bringing up throughout the season before that point. And from what they did, from what they've traded, from, you know, whatever they have planned, I think this is going to be a faster rebuild than anyone thinks. And I blame, I really do, I blame the rest of the NL Central for that because I I talked about it before. I've written an article about it. I don't think anyone really did much this offseason in the NL Central. And I thought the NL Central was maybe the biggest division up for grabs this offseason. And I love the Cardinals offense. Absolutely love it. They have pitching problems with injuries. The Cubs, I think, did the biggest additions getting Stroman and then signing Seiya Suzuki to – those are two really big pieces that could go along with a young core to rebuild. We talked about it before. I don't need to say it that much. But the Brewers are kind of sitting on their laurels, you know, uh, with Woodruff and Burns, and they, that's a ton of pressure you got to put on them. I don't think they built that many offensive pieces. Now, I could be wrong, and they could be doing a lot more, and it's a long season, of course. Uh, other than that, you know, the Reds, there was like a flea market out there. They traded everybody this offseason. The Pirates are still very much in a – I don't know what the Pirates are in. I don't know if it's they're still looking to trade Reynolds or if they're going to, you know, try to build around him. And so there's just so much in the air for the Central, and I think the Cubs are doing the best job taking the next step to get better, where the rest of the teams, I don't know if they can say that. That's yeah, I, the, Pirates, the Pirates are kind of concerning to me. And, like, I actually – feel bad because I can't really imagine rooting like for a team like the Pirates because I've, I've been there as Astros fan like during the years where it felt like we only won 30 games you know worst team in the league for three straight years record wise but the Pirates don't ever really seem to have a plan to make the next jump or get better I think they just re-signed Key Brian Hayes uh, to an extension which is cool for like 80 million dollars which is basically three times what they're actually paying their uh, what they've been actually paying their salary out the last few years. So it's good that they see him as a piece in the, in the long-term future, but the rest of the team, it just feels like that's what happens when you have an owner that doesn't really care about winning and just kind of wants to, to be cheap about it. And you see it with the, the athletics too, with their owner getting rid of some key pieces when they're, that was a team. If you actually just put all those guys back over there, like, if that team was still there this year, the AL West, I think you could say, is completely up for grabs. Yep, it could be a five-team race, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, if one team gets hot, I agree. The Astros, I mean, not the Astros, sorry. 
the athletics like fell off last year. They did actually the opposite of what they normally do. And that's in the second half of the season later, like last two months, they, they usually jump into a playoff spot. Whereas the past season, they fell out of one. And that's something you hadn't seen since, you know, before 2011. I mean, really that they uh, athletics were always in the mix for the playoffs. So a cheap organization, you're right. Uh, cheap pirates organization, because again, like Pittsburgh is a, I think it's a really good sports city. First, like, I mean, with the days of Andrew McCutcheon and them being in the playoffs, like that place was rowdy and it was electric baseball field. I think they have one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of MLB PNC park, or if it's still called that, I think it is a great, uh, beautiful park. And I don't see a reason why people wouldn't want to play in Pittsburgh. You know, it's not that cold, uh, you know, history is there. And so I just, you're right. It, it all starts in the front offices and, you know, give it three or four years. We've all been there before. Like you said, the Astros, it felt like times were dark and I've been there just as well as the Mariners. There's reasons why I think me and you have both been excited about baseball, especially you for the past, you know, I guess you're sitting on five, six years now. And then me, it's kind of like the second one where I really have someone to look forward to every morning to watch a baseball team play. So hang in there fans. All of you hang in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of baseball to be watched and a lot of baseball to go over a lot more sports to go over, but for now we conclude this podcast and we thank you all for tuning in to dudes with some balls. We appreciate your time and your efforts.